All right, and we live. We back. Moving right along. It's Leo G. And this is right now tentatively the Leo G show. Um week three. Shout out to <laughs> week week three, episode three. I mean, we're rolling along. I'm, I'm, we're, we're rolling right along with it, man. And if you didn't know by now, that's that is um right now my my co-host, my counterpart, my fam, Adjective J. What's going on? What up? How you doing, man? Dope I'm good, man. I'm by the way. I'm I'm here, man. I'm trying to get this together, man. I'm trying to establish this. First and foremost, man, I, I wanna, you know, we three episodes in and we're rolling. I just want to thank like everybody for listening. I know I've, I've looked at the numbers. I mean, we, we're, we're getting there. We're moving. It's a movement and I'm going to keep rolling with it. And I appreciate you. I know we're having fun with it, man. So yeah, you yeah, know, it's actually been once again, thank you for, for coming along with this ride. Yeah. This is thank a- you actually. Cause you know, uh, just so you know, um, I was on several other podcasts before and right before you reached out to me, uh, I was in a bit of a hiatus. One of my podcasts, uh, ended. So like the dream team, rest in peace. Uh, well, you can't see it, but you know, that's to God. Um, <laughs> shout out to, uh, I was on Mocha Minutes. That went on a hiatus for the quarantine. Uh, and so like, I've just been sitting around kind of doing nothing. This is giving me an opportunity to kind of like get my podcasting juices started again. I'm actually kind of that's like- I'm trying, I'm trying like to get you to build your, I'm trying to get you to build your reps up, dog. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go in the gym, you got to get your, you know, you can't just go in the gym and start out at 315, right? You got to start out somewhere, right? And build your reps up. Yeah, no, this is, that's what I'm saying. Like this, this has been good. This has been <laughs> like, this has gotten like, because uh, honestly, I, I was, I was enjoying the time off from podcasting in general, but this has been nice getting that back into the repetition. I like it. It's refreshing. It's refreshing, man. I really enjoy doing it. This is something that I've been passionate about, passionate about for a while. You know this. A lot of mm-hmm. the listeners don't, but you know, I've always wanted to to get it out, and I wanted to have fun with it and just make it my own. I love sports. I love entertainment, and this is just an outlet for me. And I'm glad you're saying it's an outlet for you as well. And it's been something refreshing because, like I said, you've been you know what, 15 years in the game. Oof. Yeah. Every time we talk about that, it's so much. <laughs> <laughs> Too many years. It's but no, it, it honestly, this has been fun. And I, I still, every time I podcast, because uh, I always told myself when I wasn't having fun anymore, I was going to quit. And I've kind of done that. I do that with comedy as well. It's like when I'm, when this isn't fun anymore, I'm done. I'm going to walk away. And so far I haven't been able to walk away. And I, I mean, that counts, right? It does. I mean, it, 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 it can put like this here. You got to have a love for it. You know, that's that's where it starts. You got to have a love and a passion for for what you do. And I think you're very passionate about, you know, comedy, first and foremost, because you're funny as hell. And I'm not just saying that because I'm not I'm I'm not just saying that because I'm your fam. You are actually funny. If you put like this, I would be more critical of you because you're my fam. If you weren't funny, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I the rest of our family is the same way. <laughs> they're <laughs> extremely critical until they see it. Then they're they're all right. My mom won't watch it though. Let's we won't get into that. My mom uh yeah. she she tried to she watched it was cute. She watched uh because I curse a lot in my stand-up. Um not on purpose, but it happens. Um but my mom uh she's she's very Christian, she's not into the cursing. And she tried to watch like three minutes of stand-up of mine and she was like, I can't do this. And so she turned down the sound and she told me, she's like, so I just turned the sound down and then I just watched your gestures and your facial your mannerisms, <laughs> your mannerisms. Yeah. And they, those were great. And I was like, that was the rudest thing anyone's ever said to me about a stand up set. I just turned the sound down and then watched your face. Like, wh- yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> family is 
Famya is a great critic. Uh, I will say this. Um, we had a show together uh, that people don't know about. It was Urban Sports we Report. Uh, and and it was it was started because um, I was a fantasy football writer for about two and a half years, yeah. and uh, I don't know if anyone knew. I I, I was a fantasy football writer because uh, I love fantasy football. I've been playing fantasy football for a long time. How long have you been playing? I know you've been playing for a while too, right? I've been playing fantasy football for God. It seems like ages. Like it's it's been a it's been a while. I can't even really pinpoint an exact year, but we've been I've been playing for. Like a minute, I think I put like this here. I think we've been doing fantasy football uh, before it was like, like mainly popular. I think it got popular. I want to say like the last maybe five years. With you know, now you got the yeah. uh, what is it? The draft, the draft kings, and all that shit. Oh, you uh, know, the, what, sitcom about it. <laughs> the league, <laughs> yeah. What was it? The the league, exactly. Yeah, we would do. We were doing it way before it was like the thing to do like it was something where like you know all these sites now where you gotta pay like you know pay nine, 99.99 to win your fantasy draft we'll give you all the, the hints <laughs> and all the shit we were literally like breaking this stuff down like because we were fans of the game we enjoyed this shit so that's what we were doing like we were just doing it for the love of it now it's like it's it's become a big thing like what was your first bus like do you remember who your first like the first person you were like i believe in this person this is this is going to take me to the championship and they just <clears throat> who was the first well, person that bought here, it for you here's my thing with fantasy football and this is where i always go wrong like i'm i'm such a big homer fan right i'm a big yep. ass homer <laughs> so and and my feelings is like yo i got to you know, if, if I see somebody on, you know, on the Falcons, a couple times that Atlanta belief. Ooh, you already, you already know. Like it, it didn't matter. Like Joey Harrington is the quarterback. Ooh. God damn it, he gonna take us to the promised land, and yeah, it, that will let you down every time. <laughs> I think once you remove your feelings from like actually, you know, doing, you know, like you, you say, okay, hey, you know what, I'm a legit do this for real and take mm-hmm. your feelings out of it, you'll be okay. But yeah, oh, I have man. a home team so, limit. I have a homer limit. I can't draft more than two at Falcons players. I can't. The The only exception is if they're like, if there's like five Falcons players in the top 10, then like that exception is broken for me. But otherwise the homer limit is you can't have more than two Falcons players, kickers included. It's like, you're not allowed yeah. to have, cause that's the only way I can break it. And I had to I do that, that and had to do a division uh, limit because uh, I know one division really, really well. Because <laughs> you watch that division so much, it, it kind of forces you to like start looking a little bit of, around and looking outside of what you have. But yeah, no, I feel you. Like being in love with your home team uh, will hurt is... you every goddamn time, especially the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's a beautiful thing, but it, it's not it's not great for fantasy football. I would, so like, what was your what was your biggest strategy then? Like when you were, when you're drafting, when you're, you're picking, like, how do you go about it? Like, what's your strategy? How do you get into it? I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. Like, are you like a stat you know, head? Do you like watch the game? Some, and feel some, it? Of, some, some of it was just like, just like you said, watching the game and feel it. I think for the most part, man, just because I think in general, like I know everything there is to know about football. Damn it. I played Madden for years. I played <laughs> like, you know, um, from the age of six all the way to like collegiately, so I feel like I know yeah. everything. There. You've been on Madden for a minute. I, 
take all of that stuff and then I just put it into like one big basket and say, okay, hey, this is what I'm going to do. But it, it doesn't necessarily always work out for me like that. Real talk. I think the first time I ever played Madden may have been at your house. I actually feel like that may have been like one of the first times I ever played Madden. I honestly feel like that might have been up. the first time I played it. it. May have been at your house. I really Dude, do feel I've like been, that. So like, so like my 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 whole football, uh, video game football goes back to like I think we had like I had an Intellivision like back in the day. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm dating myself now. I said I wasn't gonna tell my age on here, but I'm dating myself for real. So it goes back to like the Intelli the Intellivision. I think there was a football game on that, and then we went to Atari. And then we went to actual Nintendo to Tecmo Bowl, which evolved into Sega Genesis. And I yep. think it was like the, the Joe Montana. Joe Montana had a football game out, right? And then uh, I think. Oh, I yeah. Think, <laughs> I forgot yeah, about Joe Montana. Joe Montana had a football Joe Montana football, football yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and I, in general, though, I just want to point out, uh, just for a little bit of perspective, you had dope-ass video games all the time in general. I, I just want to make sure I say that. <laughs> And I get that I'm I'm saying that from the perspective uh, of, of someone who was raised hella Christian who didn't get a video game till he was 17 and bought it with his own money, but you always had dope video games. Uh, what like uh, I, I want to ask you this: like, do you do you look at stats at all? Are you like, and if you do, like, what are you looking at for stats? Like, I, I'm just trying to because honestly, I like to talk to people who were football players uh, who like who grew up around the game because I feel like I always find football players don't really fuck with stats for real. No, y'all I mean, don't you gotta, really, well, y'all don't believe in them. You got to look at stats. I mean, you, you it's part. It, put like this here. I think it's it's part of it, and then the rest of it is just like I think we call it the football IQ. So like mm-hmm. a lot of, and I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for anybody in general because I don't want anybody to say, "Well, I don't think like that." Damn it! No, I'm th- I'm talking about myself. There's a certain level of football IQ. I think if you played the sport where you look at other players and you say, "Okay, hey, you know what." This dude has something. But with fantasy football, you always have to look at the numbers because, I mean, that's what's going to end up getting you points. Um, so it's a combination of just having like that, just, you know, that factor. You look at certain players and say, OK, you know what, man, this guy's a dog. I think, you know what I'm saying? he's Especially when you get past some of the prime players, you know, when mm-hmm. you get past some of your, you know, your. We, we know that, you know, you're going to have a stud at running back. You're going to have, a you know, hopefully you'll have a, a stud at quarterback. But then when you have to fill out the rest of your roster, it's like, where are those players that are going to get me that four or five points I actually need to take me over the top? So that's where your football IQ comes in. And you got to look at them diamonds in the rough, like some of those guys that, you know, nobody else is looking at. Mm-hmm. And it's your gut telling you, like, hey, this guy's a baller. He's going to go out and get that damn first down or that touchdown I need. To, to make the difference, you know? Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, like I said, I was a, a fantasy writer for like two and a half years. For the first half a year, I was like a columnist. And then I got uh, team assignments. So I had the Carolina Panthers one year and Atlanta Falcons another year. And, and so what ends up happening is that you spend a lot of time like really getting into stats. Like uh, when you become a fantasy football writer, uh, essentially like, you know, when you, and I, we talked about this a little bit, but you know, when you get uh, those like $9.99 sites, like, oh, I'll pay this much and get the stats. Uh, when you become a writer, you get that stuff uh, pretty much for free. <laughs> so <laughs> I got a giant statistical analytic, like a statistical analytical tool uh, given to me. And they were like, this is how we do our statistical analysis. They kind of give you like a little booklet that kind of goes with it. It's like, you have all of this stuff available for you. So I started digging uh, really heavily into stats. And here's what I found 
stat wise that was relevant. Now I will say this: I'm but, and, watching and, and the game. Not, guy. To, not, to, not, not to cut you off because we yeah, kind of jumped the gun a little bit. We, we jumped the gun just a little bit. This this segment of the show, number one, first and foremost, I just want to let the listeners know I have another guest this week, Jay. So I don't want you to get mad. I don't want you to cry in your beard. I do have another guest. So and yeah. uh yeah, we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> You told me last week. It's cool. Whatever. <laughs> so I do have another. I do. I do I mean, have another segment. I mean, whatever. They, Other people come on the podcast. I'm not like mad about it or anything. Whatever. I mean, like. Oh, I mean, like. Man, I mean, like. People. I mean. I mean, like. I mean, I if I had a beer, I maybe no, I'd cry in it. I don't want no smoke, man. You, 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 a big dude, man. My fighting days man. are behind me. My fighting days are behind me. You know what I'm saying? So you're you a big dude with, with fam, but I don't want no smoke. But yeah, so basically we, we talked about this. This is like kind of a fantasy teaser that we were going to do for the first segment of, the, uh, of of this particular show. I have another guest that I'm going to feature uh, on the second segment of this show. So we decided that we want to do a fantasy teaser. So I guess everybody's like at this point talking a lot about fantasy football. So yeah, like, I just like, like Jay into it. Yeah. Like Jay said, Jay has been doing this for a while. I've been playing for a while, but he had the opportunity to actually write and get really into the meat of it. So that's what we so wanted much. to kind of give a, a teaser out. And, the, and and eventually in the shows in the future, we'll really kind of go in depth into some more fantasy talk. Where we, we, now we're jumping on this teaser now. So Jay, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So no, I no, want you to go back in. We're going we're gonna to go back to talking about your statistical analysis of fantasy football and everything thereof. It's just stats that I, I, I purposely look for. So I, obviously with fantasy football, the thing that, that needs to be said is that this is all gambling, right? Like at any given moment, like none of this is given. Uh, injuries happen. Uh, players have bad days. Maybe like before the game, like a player had like a birthday party for his son and his son like kicked him in the balls before and he still came out and played. But you know, like you can't cut after your son kicks you in the balls. I don't know, but the point is, is that uh, this all can change. But I, what I found is, uh, so one thing that I I would do is I started by just uh, ranking all the defenses. Most statistical like stats do that, but what I would rank for uh, were two things. Uh, I rank for points allowed because that's kind of a big deal, uh, and I also rank for uh, legitimate yardage allowed, um, both run and pass. Uh, and so you have that three, those three rankings of defenses, and, and that's not for the defense uh, for fantasy points. That's just ranking defenses uh, for what to expect from them. And as the season goes on, uh, those rankings typically, and you can highlight specific stats you want to. It could be a plus minus. It could be yards allowed, whichever one you feel is the most uh robust and highlight that within whatever st stat tool you use or if you're doing it old school uh just spend your time and do it and, and by the way like i feel like you can do this in about an hour if you spend an hour a day doing this uh you can you can get ahead so you look for those stats and then when you look for players to start you're looking for players uh you know Players going against defenses, if you have a running back, obviously that allow a lot of yards, but you also want players, uh, defense that allow a lot of points. Uh, and the other thing that you're looking for are uh, defenses and how well they play uh, on split stats. So how well does the defense play at home versus how well they play on the road? Uh, you can take a little bit of time to look at uh, how well the defense plays in specific situations. Um, okay. That's only useful, uh, for example, let's say that uh, I have like, and this is a really old school 
reference, but let's say I have like a TJ Duckett where I have a dude uh, who Damn. all he does. Yeah, I told you. Old yeah, school he, reference. he really went back. Yeah. Super old school reference. I have a TJ Duckett uh, or um, bring it forward, Mike Allstott, or bring a little bit more forward, uh, you know, Derrick Henry. You have someone so who. Big, big short yardage back. Well, right, you can't even put Derrick Henry in that conversation, but. Not anymore. Short yardage back. Point, at yeah. one point, we could, but not anymore. But, you know, dump into the uh the basically people who are just dumping into the, the t- dumping into touchdowns so what you do is you look for your intersection of stats uh situational you look for yards allowed and points allowed and if you have one of those running backs the best defenses to run to you know start him against are the ones that suck in situational uh areas you kind of get that from like looking at like a game for instance if you watch a game you kind of get a feel for it like you know certain defenses are stout in certain situations but there are stats that exist and in fact all of these stats uh so far that i've mentioned are free and available on espn so you can see all of those stats and, and available um so basically what so basically what you're saying is when when you get these sites that pop up when you register for your fantasy draft that tell you to pay like you know eighty nine ninety nine and they get it's a crock of shit. Um, not hundred percent. So because I used to work for one of those sites, <laughs> so it's not hundred <laughs> percent. Here's here's the difference. Uh, the analysis, all the stats are on ESPN. Uh, focusing um and like having specific stats like updated, having a dashboard uh tracking as things go throughout the season that's not on espn i mean it it does it but you have to like kind of keep up with that yourself manually that's one thing the sites offer and then the other thing the sites offered in the the case of the one i work for which i don't technically work for anymore but i'm still getting for free don't tell them uh i still get a bunch of free stats it's great (laughs) i never officially quit i just stopped writing i was like i'm not going to take on any assignments and then i'm still on the staff uh but anyway um so God, I'm probably gonna lose it now because I said that out loud on a, on a podcast. Anyway, the point is, is, is um, all you really get from that is, is, is the the tracking, and then also like writers who uh, spend way too much time just really overanalyzing. And in the case of a lot of the times, like I was, like I said, I was a writer for a specific team, so I watched every Panther game the year that I was writing. I watched every Falcon game the year I was writing. And when I'm saying, I, like, I'm talking about, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching games. I had the NFL package. So I'm like watching OTAs. I'm watching uh, practice. I'm watching everything. I'm watching interviews to the point where you have someone who's just for, you know, the 16 weeks of the season, or I guess maybe the 15 weeks of the, the fantasy season. All you are is completely consumed with fantasy I got football. I got you. And, I got, okay, okay, okay. That okay. analysis makes a difference. So, like, whoa, 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 Jay, you going, you, so, this was a teaser. Yeah. Okay. So we just giving them, we giving the people a little, uh, just a tad bit of what you can do, and I want the people to come back. So here's the thing: we we talked about you, you said a little bit of what you go over statistically with defenses and just how you how you set things up. So not going into too much detail because we're gonna come back to this fantasy football thing here in another podcast. So before everybody sets up their draft, give I want you to give everybody like one of your like just a teaser tip because we're gonna st- hopefully I hate it bump it <laughs> draft NFL, strategy basically yeah so wait so NFL maybe back we we hope we it may be back and like I said fantasy drafts will start so. We're going to get this tip here, and then we want people to come back for the next. Don't give them too much, Jay. But I want you to give them, in so many words here, 
just a little teaser to help them out, and then we'll come back and do a whole draft analysis uh, segment. But so just drop a little knowledge on somebody. Give them just give them a little nugget of what they should be looking for going into their draft. Um. Okay. So here's the. I know, I know that was a lot. I know that was a lot. But just yeah. Here's the cocktail of what I look for. Uh, I look for players that are in contract years. I look for players that uh, have that missed uh, the all pro game or yeah, the all-star game. I miss, I also look for, uh, and this is weird, but I look for players on teams um, where either the team is losing and they're terrible, but they're the best, like the, like the brightest spot in uh, the darkest area. Or uh, I look for ideally players who are the weakest light in a very bright area. So uh, I'm not going to be able to get like the star uh, number one receiver in some cases because maybe I get like the 11th pick, but I can get that number two. I can get that number that tight end. And if it's an offensive juggernaut, uh, a dim light on an offensive juggernaut in some cases is better than, you know, the number one receiver on a a Jaguars team because they always suck. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, that that's the that and uh, you know don't stick to draft strategies. Like if everybody is drafting drafting uh, wide receivers, um, draft running backs. If everybody's drafting quarterbacks, like don't be a don't be a dumbass about it. But like <laughs> don't, don't stick to your strategy. Take the best available player. It doesn't matter what position it is. You can always trade off a solid player for another one position. But draft draft the best player. I got oh, so so okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you there, Jay. I appreciate it. We're gonna we're gonna revisit this in another episode. That's just a teaser. So yeah, see y'all know what we can do. Y'all know what my man can do. Y'all already know. So y'all gonna have to come back if y'all some fantasy football ballers. We're gonna give y'all some more fantasy football input. Um, I'm, hopefully as I'm hotter at fantasy basketball. By the way, I just want to make sure I point that out. I'm you so know, much better. Eventually, at that. You just, eventually, you're just gonna make me jump right off into the. You know, you know how I feel about basketball. I love how much you hate basketball. A, and it's hot right now. Basketball, Dame Lillard is dropping 60 points on people. And we're not talking about it. But no, that's cool. It's cool. Fantasy football. With that being said, <laughs> fantasy fantasy football teaser tonight is brought to you by 1800 Crystalina. No, I'm just playing. So, real talk, man. Just a little teaser on fantasy football. And I got another segment coming up here on the Leo G Show. Another featured guest. We're going to talk about one of my favorite teams here in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta United and soccer with my man Rob Bridges. So stay tuned for the next segment of the Leo G Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're live. Um, I'm back for another edition of right now. We're gonna call it the Leo G Podcast, but eventually it's gonna morph into something else. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm very, very excited tonight because I have another guest um, to talk to, and we're gonna talk about. One of my favorite teams here in this city, Atlanta United. We'll probably talk about a few other things, but um, this guy is like my brother for real. My brother from another mother. Uh, we've known each other now for about, I guess, two years following the same team. Uh, we fall under the same umbrella as far as uh, SG, uh, our SG um, with Atlanta United. But uh, I want to bring my brother Rob Bridges to the podcast. What's up, Rob? What's up? What's up, man? It's good to be here. Man, it's finally good to to get you on to the podcast. It's the third episode. We had talked about doing it for a while, so just had to fit it in. So now we're here, man, and I definitely want to talk about our connection through our team, Atlanta United. Um, yeah. 
that's how we got. I mean, this team, and I've talked about it on previous podcasts, it has really connected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And we're connected through ISG for the love of the game. We, I mean, we love the game, of course. We love Atlanta United, but uh, we are in the same supporters group. And for a lot of people that don't know about uh, soccer, um, a lot of teams have supporter groups that support the team in many capacities. Um, just, you know, from uh, the TFOs to just uh, fan support in the stands, the flags, everything you see. And we have what we call a supporter section in uh, Mercedes-Benz where our supporter groups, we get together and just for 90 minutes, just go bananas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No sitting yeah, down, yeah. nothing, just screaming. To the top of our lungs, and we've been doing it since the Bobby Dodd days. We've, I think we we're comfortable now. Mercedes Benz is climate control, but I remember those Bobby Bobby Dodd days, man. Good God, I know you remember them too. Well, I mean, I really, I never got to go to Bobby Dodd, um, and it's funny to hear folks talk about how uh, they were. You know, even the front office wasn't looking forward to Bobby Dodd. That they they uh, called it a, uh, a lemonade situation where they were trying to, you know, make lemonade out of lemons. Uh, but then there was a, a nostalgia that came about that people really fell in love with Atlanta United at Bobby Dodd, and they still look back on it fondly now. And I feel like for me, uh, as somebody who never got to experience that first year. Um, Man, I'm sorry I missed that. I mean, no, no, you're not. You're not sorry. I'm gonna tell you. I like pull out it. from the nostalgia aspect. I love Bobby Dodd, like you said. I mean, it brought something. It was a different element. I, I love Mercedes Benz. Don't get me wrong, but Bobby Dodd was was special. But let me tell you something. The middle of July, those pop up mm. thunderstorms that first season, mm. the heat. I mean, it was it was brutal. It, it really was. Now we had fun. Don't get me wrong, but the, the heat was brutal. I. I I love Mercedes Benz. <laughs> what can I say, man? I love that stadium. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, so Bobby Dodd, yeah, it'll always be, uh, have a place in my heart for the inaugural season, but, you know, it had it ran its course. Now we're in Mercedes Benz and we're loving it, man. So let's talk a little bit about ISG, Rob, for a minute, because that's how yeah. we're connected and that's how we we met and we we really, really clicked um, Footy Mob. So. Yeah, shout out to Footy Mob, man, and everybody uh, in the SG, man. They bring a lot of energy. Uh, one of the the best SG. I said it, yeah. I can't argue <laughs> with it. I can't argue with it. <laughs> the um, uh, best SG, and, and no, and no disrespect to the other SGs. Uh-huh. Um, Atlanta United actually has four supporters groups. Um, Terminus Offic- Legion, officially recognized. Officially, I'm sorry, officially rec four officially recognized supporters groups. You have Terminus Legion, you have Resurgence, you have the faction, and you have of course Footy Mob. So Rob, just run down for a little bit for people that don't uh know about Footy Mob. Just give your take on what Footy Mob is to you. Man, I uh <clears throat> Well, I mean, well, let me go back to 2017. I was, you know, I was working in Atlanta, and my the guy that had the office next to me, uh, he was going to games, the matches back in 2017 at Bobby Dodd, and um, and we we used to talk a little bit, and he would talk about how much fun he had, and and I've always been, a, I've been a 
a fan of soccer somewhat um, in that I recognized the beauty of the game and, um, you know, there was a, an aspect of creativity and skill that I loved. And uh, so, you know, I could spend time talking to him about soccer and stuff like that. And um, I've always been intrigued by the uh, the supporter firms over in England. And, um, you know, I've seen Green Street Hooligans. And I've seen these other movies and stuff where, you know, these, these cats are taking a real serious uh, where, if, you know, if you're meeting up with, you know, another squad, then you're you're going to show up and throw down with the other supporter <laughs> group. Oh, yeah. um, so I'd always been intrigued by that, but I didn't realize that Atlanta United had supporter groups until uh, the beginning of the season of 2018. And okay. my buddy was telling me about them, and I was like, what? So I started uh, I started researching the, the different ones, and I um, – I'm a, I'm a passionate person. And when I find a team, I'm super passionate about, about that team. I uh, got a university of Kentucky tattoo on my leg. And so I'm always tail. I was always tailgating at football games. Um, and I tell folks, you know, if they'd let me in, I'd cheer for the UK chess team. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just being around other folks that were passionate um, was a huge thing for me. So, no doubt. I started looking at the different supporter groups and um, and then as soon as I heard the name footy mob, I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> that, that, you know, the, the way they played off of goody mob and, uh, and all that, that immediately sparked my interest. And I kind of, and I started looking through stuff and I got on YouTube and was looking at, you know, all these videos, whether it was the Viking chant videos that, Mercedes Benz, which was which really had an impact on me, uh, and I found that uh, that video on YouTube. Uh, and the title of it is, and they said Atlanta isn't a soccer city, and um, it's a great video. I guess it's about ten or twelve minutes, uh, but it's got Curtis on there, and he's being he's talking about Atlanta and uh, the soccer scene and how the ways that um, Hip hop and soccer, kind of uh, intersected. Yeah, there's a crossover there, and and was talking about um, you know how Footy Mob kind of got it started a little bit, and started, the more and more I looked at Footy Mob, I saw the diversity within Footy Mob. I saw that it was, um, it wasn't just about hey, we're here for uh, Atlanta United, and this was the big thing for me is that it was about celebrating Atlanta. Right? Oh yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, there was such an emphasis on uh, Atlanta and its culture, whether it was food or music or, you know, the, the, the social makeup of the city, um, its history it's pride and it's determination and all these things, man. I don't know. There was some. There was just something about the way Curtis sold it, you know. Yeah. That really just, really just got me. So in 2018, man, before I ever even went to a match, you was uh, in. You was hooked. Yeah, me and my father both signed up. And we yeah. Paid our our membership dues and we signed up before we ever went to a match and then we showed up and started volunteering and. The rest so, was history. 
then you then you met me uh right. wilding out at one of the tailgates. Yeah. Man, my and my walk with, with Footy Mob is is similar. Like I started out with another SG, believe it or not, when I first came in. I really, you know, I've been a soccer fan for quite some time, but never really dug deep into like the culture of it all until Atlanta United came to Atlanta. So I was green to it. You know, um, I met another supporter at a um, at a fan event and he happened to be a member of another SG and I joined that SG. But as things progressed and through the first year I was in the other SG, I was having fun with them, too. But then I was like, look, who are these guys over here? Like, for real, it was like. Yeah. They was they was on it. And then I had the opportunity, like you said, uh, to meet Curtis and a few other members of Footy Mob. And then immediately I was like, you know what? I think this is kind of no knock to these guys over here. They're definitely doing their thing. But okay. I think this is where I want to be. I mean, because don't get me wrong. We're all connected as, you know, we, 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 it's four different names, but we still support one team. You know, that's the main thing. And it's just kind of, you know, you get in where you fit in and, you know, you find a family, you stick with it. And so when I joined Footy Mob, man, it was just like home. It was like family and everything was perfect because, you know, Rob, I'm a native of Atlanta. So I'm all about Atlanta. You know, I was born here, um, raised here. And it's like, you know, we're 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 different here. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about, you know, expressing, you know, my city and showing love and support for the city. And that's one thing Footy Mob does is they, they go hard for the city, man. They really, really do. Um, whether we're at the tailgates, whether we're, you know, just wherever. I mean, we go hard, man. And one of the things that uh, drew me to you, Rob, was you uh, started the DJ at the tailgates, man. Tell me how that started, man, because you really, like, you come in, man, and, and you bring that fire to it. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. That um, that was one of those bucket list things, man. I, uh, for, I mean, for, for a long time, I've always appreciated uh, those who could show up with other folks' music and switch it up in a in a creative and artistic way and just rock the party and um you know I kind of look at it as painting. Everybody has the same colors, whether it's red, blue, yellow, green, whatever. It's about how you mix those colors together to make something different. And your style naturally comes out. And uh, some a lot of folks appreciate it, a lot of folks don't. And I feel like it's the same way with music. Um the music that is out there, is available to everybody, but there's something in my brain when I hear a song, uh, I was like, man, that's, these two songs would sound great together. And I had, a, I did a little bit of a DJing back at a, at a club uh, during the Atlanta Olympics when there was, you know, everything was just going nuts back then. Um, but then when I came to the footy of my tailgate, and met Ashley and Stefan and Marcus. And really, uh, mainly with Ashley, with DJ Aro. Shout out to DJ Aro. Got to shout out Aro. We're gonna definitely get on the show, but yeah, shout out Aro. Yeah. I got to, you know, talking to her and stuff, and uh she was super encouraging and um, you know, so I just like, well, let me stick my toe in the water and see what it's like. And uh it really just felt comfortable doing it and Talked to Stephanie. They uh, it was actually an Atlanta United two match. Um, I think it was the maybe even the first match they were having at Kennesaw, or one of the first matches, and uh, the brewery up there 
Dry County. Uh, Dry County, yeah. They had a like a, a kind of a pre-game a little deal over there and actually said she was going to be there DJing for like four hours. And she's like, uh, you want to take, you want to take an hour off my hands? And I was like, I said, yes, I didn't give myself a chance to think about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And Jumped it on a, in there. Yeah, I remember it was a nineties night. That was the thing. Okay. So, um, you know, I got a bunch of nineties music together and, we all put my first set together and, and uh was officially after that I was officially uh part of the the Footy Mob DJ crew and every chance I get. And that's branched out to some other things, you know, our boy Stacy and his uh Falconer players uh tailgate for the Falcons have got the DJ out there a couple of times and Absolutely. Um and then the stupid coronavirus hit and I haven't been able to DJ anywhere, man, but I'm looking forward to get back into it. Well, I mean, I know you had at the at the house when you get into you know perfecting your craft. So when we do get back into this thing, man, it's gonna be live. I can't wait because um, the Footy Mob tailgates are always something special, man. And, and it, it's something if you if you have if you're in Atlanta and you haven't been to an Atlanta United game, once the virus, this crazy virus, is under control, I would invite anybody to come out and. Uh, and, and check out Atlanta United tailgate, man, and just see what the whole scene is about because it really is something special. And it brings me to talk about just uh, Atlanta United now as a whole. Um, we support the team and they came in in 2017, just like, you know, crazy fire, yeah. set the city on fire, man. The first year, inaugural year, we didn't um, make it to the championship, but I mean, it was a crazy run. We, you know, so, it, the team was phenomenal. We got to see Joseph for the first time, of course. Um, Miguel Amarone, um, some of those guys, you know, Julian Gressel. It was like, wow, these guys, these guys are good. I mean, and at that time, I hadn't really heard of any of the players that they had personally, and it was just like they were good, they were hungry, and then that very next year, they win it all. They win the MLS championship, man, and it was like. Okay, we here now in 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 MLS, and we kind of like set the. It's like literally we set the standard. MLS has been around for a while. It's kind of rebranded itself a couple of times, I think, and it's getting bigger. But like, I don't think there has been a team to make such an impact immediately like Atlanta United, man. I think uh, absolutely that's that's true. I think you know. Um, I think LAFC is kind of from the same brand, you know, where they yeah. they were ready to go. They hit the ground running. Um, and I was I was kind of thinking about this today. You know, Atlanta, you know, it's a happening place. So we got Major League uh, Baseball, we got NFL, we got NBA, and uh, to me, um, like you know, there's all. You know, you got some folks like you who are like, if it's Atlanta, you know, that's my passion, you know. And, yeah. you know, Major League Baseball has its own, its fans, and NBA has its fans, NFL has its fans. Uh, but there's a there's a select group of folks that can, that can get into soccer. And, there's, and, you know, a lot of folks say it's boring or, you know, uh, how, how can you be excited about, a, a match that ends in one zero, 
you know, zero zero, like, zero draw. Right, yeah. right. Um, so if those other major sports were the fan base, as far as represented in Atlanta, are the bricks. I really feel like the fan base of the Atlanta United is the mortar in that wall. Like yeah. there's, it, it takes a particular person, a particular kind of person. Cause we're not, you know, most of the folks that I see going to these games, especially folks that are involved with footy mob, aren't your run of the mill people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, they're folks that have been passionate about soccer and it's interesting to get to know more and more some of these folks. And I find out that they've been following teams over in Europe for years, for decades. Oh yeah. You know, and I just, I, that has not been a part of my uh, life experience, but um, the more time I spend with them, the more I realize that this is my tribe, man. This is, yeah, <laughs> these are my people. Exactly. No doubt. I mean, it's like I said, the passion uh, for the beautiful game, man, is, is unprecedented. You know, we got some, American football is big, baseball is big, basketball, you know, great followings. But, like, people don't understand, like, especially here in the States, like, you know, soccer is a global phenomenon. Like, it's a global phenomenon. So, like you said, when you said people have been following teams in Europe for years, like, they brought that same intensity and energy. I got introduced to soccer years ago. I started following Manchester United in the Premier League, Mm -hmm. and I caught up. I caught on real quick. I've been following American football all my life since birth. I played the sport and I thought it was intense. But when I actually started following, you know, soccer and watching the Premier League, I was like, this is crazy. This is, I mean, you know, the only thing that I can say rivals it is maybe the pageantry of college football. Mm. But I mean, we still take it to like a whole nother level when it comes to like being fans of soccer teams. And it gets real. I mean, it gets really, really <laughs> real, especially yeah. over in Europe. And it's it's starting to become that way now. And just the curiosity aspect of it, man, like now I wear Atlanta United gear all the time. Like mm-hmm. I think eventually, man, my wife is going to be like, look, there's no more Atlanta United gear coming in this house, period. Right. Cause I got Atlanta United everything, and I, so I go out and literally like now, it's the, curi- the curiosity of it. Like people know about Atlanta United, and people who would have never even watched a soccer match or thought anything about soccer, they see they say, "Oh, Atlanta United, yeah, that's the soccer team. Yeah, I'm, I want to check out a game, man. How is it? This, that, and the third. So like, it's 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 growing, it's growing, and that's what we wanted to do. So there's so many times that people have come up because I you know I wear my footy mop stuff or my Atlanta United stuff and. You know, folks will want to talk about it, and they've never been to a match. And so many times they say, "Man, I, you know, I want to make it out to a match," as if it's hard or there's something standing in your way. When in reality, as far as major league sports go, it's really the easiest team to go and watch because it's not that well, expensive. Well, hold up, now wait a minute. I'm gonna just jump in for a minute, Rob. We it's not expensive. But here's the catch. We have made it a hot commodity here in Atlanta. Like 70,000 people at an right. MLS soccer match right. was unheard of until Atlanta United came on the scene. I mean, you had Seattle, I think. They were bringing in, you know, they were roping in maybe 50,000, 60,000 here or there. But it was just unheard of, you know, when Atlanta United came in to bring in 70-plus thousand in the stadium. So, like you said, it is one of the easier sports to get to. But I think here in Atlanta, we've made it such a – hot commodity that it is it's like 
some of the games a couple of years, it was like the hottest ticket for real in oh, the yeah. city. They, it, was, it was hotter than Falcons tickets. The biggest sports rivalry in Atlanta by bar none is the Falcons versus Saints. Right. That's the biggest, in my opinion. Now, oh, I, I people, that, probably, yeah. people are probably going to argue me that up and down about that, but I think that's the biggest rivalry in the city by far is Atlanta Falcons versus the Saints. But we, and we'll talk about it in just a minute, Atlanta United has established themselves with a couple of teams as being some rivals, and those games, you know, I saw ticket prices for some of the games against like Orlando and Seattle, like, like what? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like through the roof. So we we've made it hot here, you know, as far as elevating the brand of Atlanta United. I think, but I, I guess what I'm, you're right in that. Um, obviously, you're right in that. Like, if you look at the top ten MLS attendance records, I think Atlanta owns all of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, but a lot of folks don't realize that there's at least two blood drives every season where you can go and get blood and they'll give you two tickets. Or, you know, if you want to sit in the supporter section, you can usually find a ticket for, you know, $30. And that's that. To me, the supporter section is the ultimate fan experience. Like, even, uh, to me, there's nothing that rivals sitting in Mercedes-Benz Stadium supporter, supporter section when the Atlanta United is playing the Red Bulls or playing Orlando, you know what I'm saying? There's just, yeah. but you can come by that, um, you know, without, relatively without, easy. Yeah. yeah. And like I went to the, the championship in 2018 and um, I think my ticket cost like 40 bucks. Now I was up, you I got, was way you got up. lucky. You well, got lucky. <laughs> I was way up there, but man, just to be there and see that, that was awesome. So I love helping folks figure out that they can do it and then talk to them after the fact. And they're like, they're changed, man. They're changed. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing about the supporters, the supporters section um, at Mercedes Benz. Some people you either going to hate it. I, I remember I brought um, a buddy of mine who had never been to a soccer game, um, got tickets in the support. Or the section he had never been, and he enjoyed the experience. He was a good sport. He participated, man. But it's one of those things where you kind of either take it or leave it. Because for me, I like to do both. I am a fan of the game, so I I do like to watch the game, and I like to see the build up. I like to see a lot of you know different things tactically. When you in the supporters, <laughs> when you in the supporter section, man, it's 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 like balls to the wall, like straight chance, ninety minute flag waving. You watch the game, but it's more or less putting all of your energy into the match. All of it. And it's like, when you sit over there for 90 minutes, you're spent. Like, literally, man, ain't nothing to do. There's nothing left to do but go home. But you don't sit over there. (laughs) No, no sitting. I mean, there are are seats over there, but There are seats. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing. Like, I wake up the next morning after being over there, brother, my knees and everything are or wore out, but it's crazy. But it's fun. It's it. hella fun, though. It's hella fun. So, so Rob, man, we, we, we talked about Atlanta United as a whole and, and just the culture of it and how it's changed things. So I want to talk a little bit about now about the team um, and just how this year has started out. Of course, coronavirus has affected 
everything in life for for most people globally and and of course it 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 affected the MLS we got the season started we a brand new team came into the league Nashville um Rob I know you weren't able to make it up I was able to make it up to the first game the inaugural game for Nashville up there and it was a, a shocker to see like how big um the scene was in Nashville and of course we rolled deep up to Nashville um from from Atlanta um, but a lot, a couple of things happened in that game uh, that kind of had this, that brought us to this point that I want to bring up. So, went up to Nashville, pretty, pretty awesome win. Their first game, we took it from them. Um, got a goal from Barco early, then we got a goal from Emerson Hyman. Second half of the game, um, the most prolific goal scorer to date. And the MLS, Joseph Martinez goes down and tears, tears his ACL. Um, we had one other game, regular season game. Then we took the uh, – we had to go into quarantine because of COVID, and then we come back into the MLS tournament. Um, everything kind of railroaded. I think the virus changed the shape of our team. We lost Joseph. And then now, as of right now, we lost – the coach that brought us into the 2019 season, Frank DeBoer. Um, that was crazy, Rob. I mean, what what was your what what are your thoughts on like just how that all transpired? Man, I like uh as I think about that, I find myself um I, I, I can't think about step I can't think about step seven without thinking about step six or step and then step five and then step four. Like, um, obviously, when Joseph went down, uh, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I, it was, I, I mean, yeah, was... there's no, there's no other way. Like, and, and when he first went down and he got up and he's like, I'm good, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna play it off. I was like, okay. But then to see him say, no, nah, like, I can't, I can't do it. That's when I realized because I mean you go if you watch sports at all you can almost recognize an MCL or an ACL like you they hit that knee like they go down and grab that knee brother you know that it's not good yeah um so I was worried but then when I th- my uh, my biggest concern. I, it led me back to beginning of the season when, when Frank DeBoer took over and everyone talked about how he was, you know, the first kept talking about this total football thing where each position can play other positions and um, that our defense would be great, but, you know, we'd still be able to attack and all this. And it all sounded great, but I kept more and more hearing about defense and how we, we may not score as many goals, but our defense will be great and all that. And that got me worried because I'll tell you, like, in those first two years with Tata, we won a lot of games just because we scored so many goals. Like, if we, I knew that if we got into a situation where we were only scoring one goal a match, maybe two goals a match, that our winning was going to go down. Uh, uh, so, but, you know, it was still looking up. We made it into the, we made it into the playoffs, and we won a couple of trophies with the board and all that stuff. And then, 
Uh, they had this MLS uh, is back tournament. Shout out to Portland for winning that. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I was I had some you know because Atlanta went in as a favorite. Absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, we as a team collectively we changed the landscape. I mean, you know, only being in the league a short period of time, we, the expectation is high for us now. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, going into the, t- you know, after everything with COVID and how that changed everything, and then they were able to fire up the tournament, like, we were still like, like hey, you know, even without just Joseph, we should still be able to go in and handle our business in the tournament, man. But, you know, no offensive product. We, we didn't score a goal. Zero. And even zero goose eggs every game. Um, and, and it led me to believe when I thought about it, man, number one, the team just kind of looked out of sync and out of whack, like, period. They're like, going into the tournament, um, you know, it was just a lot of things. It just, it just didn't look in, in sync, in step. You know, I saw a lot of just mistakes, a lot of poor play, and it just didn't look like the team that we were used to seeing. Last year, um, even though a lot of people were hard, on, very, very hard on Frank when he first came here, you alluded to the total football, and, you know, he, he came from uh, AYOC over in, in the Netherlands, and – they were a big proponent of that, and they won some championships um, playing that style of football. Um, that team over there, they they start that out from the youth and work it all the way up. And I think that that's what they wanted him to do here is interject that style here. And at first, it was slow sledding for Frank, but I think for the most part, the players wanted to buy into it, and they kept going, and they kept going. And finally, it started to click last season. And like you said, they were able to win a couple of trophies. And we were one game away. We were two Galazos basically away from hosting the MLS championship again. Um, you know, Toronto ended that. But, I mean, we were right there. I mean, you won the Campion, the, the Campiones Cup against a, 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 a damn legendary team in Mexico in Club America, right? And you win the U.S. Open Cup, you know, which was another trophy to put in the case. But for some reason this season, like, you know, I don't know if you want to blame it on COVID I don't know if you want to blame it on Joseph being hurt or just, you know, and plus we had a, a couple of other players that we acquired, you know, Pity Martinez, who was billed as like, you know, this great player from South America. He came in. I don't know if his demeanor or his style of play or what he wanted to do had something to do with Frank's, you know, tactics. It was just a mixture of things. And then all of a sudden it's like they decided to mutually part ways. And it was just – crazy for me well for me the the biggest thing was um it wasn't just a new coach frank DeBoer was bringing in he he came in and tried to change the identity of atlanta united on the team i mean under under uh under tata it was uh, there was a, and this is something that that you know Curtis alluded to in that video that really got me was there was an Atlanta style to the way United was winning. It was uh, there was a swagger, yes, like a a swagger. swagger yeah. There was pride. There was flash. There was like this is this, this determination. Um, it was explosive and dynamic and. When when DeBoer came in, kind of lost the edge. Huh? All that was gone, and 
and that's the thing. Like you can, like you know, if that's your that's the way you coach and that's your philosophy, that's great. But, but brother, your ingredients were not adding up to that. You know, your ingredients were is is what made 2018 happen, and that was a specific way of playing and uh, what DeBoer wanted to do was just. In my mind, it was the opposite of that. It was possession. It was, you know, let's try, let's have a great defense and limit their scoring. And um, we try to get a, a goal here and there, and maybe that'll be enough. But I, I mean, I was hearing reports of players, namely Joseph, even walking off the field during practice with the war. And like, I don't think things were, you know, things weren't great. Uh, with the team in DeBoer, and I think that led to a lot of it. I wasn't surprised that he was – I wasn't surprised that DeBoer was let go. I was surprised that it happened so quick. I'm impressed by the fact that front office said, we've seen enough, we're ending this now. Because, you know, in in any sports, really, when you have a new coach that comes in that first year, we did it with DeBoer, right? We were like, well, I'm going to give him a year. Um you know, that first year is kind of a write-off year, and then you start to have expectations. Um, in that second year, I'm glad that they recognize that. Now, I don't think they're going to replace him this year, but it'll probably be next year, but I'm looking forward to where we're going. Yeah, it. I mean, I'm glad to see that the expectations are high on our team. I mean, you know, they decided to, quote-unquote, mutually part ways, whatever that means. You can take it for whatever it's worth. Um, but they, they, the expectations are high. They saw that, hey, we need to move this team, I guess, in another direction. It wasn't going the way they wanted it to go. So they, it's going to be interesting to see. Because soccer is such a global sport, um, it'll be very interesting to see how the the, the coaching search for the new coach uh, mm-hmm. going into 2021 will be. Because, I mean, you know, with, with the pandemic being the way that it is, I don't, and it shouldn't limit them to be able to search for coaches globally, but it's just, it, it, it adds another element with the pandemic. It's like, you know, somebody, is somebody going to leave South America or Europe to, to come over? Because I'm assuming, you know, they want to try to, they're, they're already in, in search mode. So it's like, okay, how is that going to affect it? But it's going to be interesting to see, man. So real quick, um, want to talk about a couple of different things here. So like, how do you, what are your expectations with just like we talked about soccer here in Atlanta and how it just, you know, the city just, you know, blew up and, and, and grew around Atlanta United and it's expanding. What are your expectations or how do you see just the sport evolving here within the next five to 10 years? Because it's coming into its own. Where do you see MLS going from here, man? Uh, I think the more that the MLS, the, the more the MLS uh, embraces the global idea of soccer rather than like the early years when he's doing some crazy, some crazy stuff like starting at the end lines and running towards the ball for possession. The PKs, yeah. Yeah, all this stuff. The more that they embrace like the, the global idea of, of soccer, the more success they're going to have. I love the fact that uh, Atlanta, but also other teams are, you, you know, they're bringing in young players, like you said, that folks had never heard of. Um, 
and bringing them up rather than it being a spot for Premier League retired players to come in and finish up their career, get some more paychecks or whatever. Uh, but specifically for Atlanta United, man, it's onward and upward. Like, you know, I think the front offices recognize that, you know, as DeBoer said, maybe we are, you can call it spoiled or whatever, but, you know, we got expectations and standards of excellence, and uh, I think that's what our team wants us to have. And I think the front office is making moves. Uh, I think a lot of uh, I think what we're going to see is that a lot of Atlanta fans are going to start to uh, have more of an understanding of the history of soccer within the city of Atlanta. And I got an interesting story about that. I know you're a Manchester United fan, um, but you know we've had teams in the past. You know we had uh, the Atlanta Apollos. We had the Atlanta the Chiefs, the Atlanta Rockets. Chiefs. The Ruckus. The Silverbacks. Silverbacks. Um, So back in the Atlanta Chiefs, back in 1968. Won the championship. They won the championship, but then they also played two matches against Manchester City and won both of them. Yeah, I remember. I remember reading about that. Yeah, I want to, you know, maybe uh, moving forward we can get some more. I know both of us. We're into the soccer, but we got some other members of our supporters group that can really dig into some of the history, yeah. the Atlanta, the real Atlanta history of, of, of uh, soccer here in the city. So that would be interesting to talk about uh, at a later date, man. But yeah, man, it, I'm excited about the future. Hopefully we get, I hate to keep repeating myself, but this pandemic, I mean, it's just so much uncertainty with this pandemic um, moving forward. Um, hopefully 2021, uh will be something to look forward to and we can get back to a sense of normalcy, whatever that might be. I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting back with my people. Like you said, our tribe yeah. um, to enjoy some games, man, but we want to definitely make sure we do it um, safe. Um, before we get out on this segment, man, I definitely want to shout out a couple other people in our um, SG. Um, my boy, Reggie. Absolutely. Definitely. Got to shout him out, man. He he has a, a, a show on YouTube called Gold Food. So if mm-hmm. you want to check that out, it's a real uh, cool spin on like the food scene here in Atlanta with like a soccer twist, man. So definitely want to shout out Reggie, man, and and what he's doing uh, in the soccer community here in Atlanta. And just like shout out everybody in, in Footy Mob, man. Like you said, our tribe. And we're going to continue to rock with it. Rob, man, it, it was a pleasure talking to you about Atlanta United. Can you give the people, like, you know, if they want to reach out to you on social media, man, can you give them all your tags, man? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can find me, um, you know, Facebook, Rob Bridges, uh, Instagram. You know, if you want to check out my DJ stuff, it's at DJB underscore Riz. Um, you can find me at the same uh, DJB underscore Riz on Mixcloud. Um yeah, man, I'd love to hear from for some folks. And if you're throwing a party and you want somebody to come and spend some some good music, I'm the one. So let me know. Yeah, and we definitely, I definitely, we definitely gonna try to get you back into uh, another. Um, I guess the virtual DJ set here, man. If you got some time here, man, we'd love to to get you to 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 crank that up. You think you're gonna do that here in the future? Absolutely. Uh, you know, these kids try to suck up all my time, but I keep trying to find little <laughs> spots to to put it in there. So. We'll see. Cool. Well, look, I thank you for, for coming on, man. I'm definitely going to have you on again, man. And we'll, we'll definitely talk about some more things, man. So, so what's up, man? Yep, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Peace.
And we're back. Um, it was a great segment. Shout out to Rob Bridges for doing the, the segment, talking about Atlanta United, um, another one of another a team that I'm passionate about, and uh, I just appreciate him coming on. One of the uh, fir- uh, first feature guests on the podcast. Oh, snap, he was the first. I didn't realize that. That's dope. Yeah, shout out. That was a dope interview too. Like, super dope. Like, also first guest. High standards now. Everybody else he is going to have to be good. He was a little. He was a little. Dis, he was a little disappointed that uh, you you weren't able to join us. But maybe next time I get him on, and uh, you know, we, <laughs> for every other guest but him, I'll, I'll show up for. So for anyone else, I'm going to show up <laughs> for you, but never, uh, never for him ever. <laughs> I don't. I, no, seriously, next time. <laughs> Rob, we'll get him on, man. So look, um. Just it closing up, man. I, I want to thank a lot. You know, look, first of all, if you're listening to the podcast, I need you to subscribe to the podcast or whatever you listen to um, this on, whether it's Anchor, whether it's Spotify. We're on a few different outlets. So please subscribe and please follow and, and, and check us out. Yeah, hook us um, up with some, uh, some five-star reviews. Um, absolutely. Yeah, wherever you get your podcast, if they have a review process, hook us up with that. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. Um, tell your mamas, tell your daddies, tell your uncles, tell your aunts, tell everybody, tell them, tell them, run, tell that, run, tell that, tell everyone no about us, uh, put it on the billboard for us. We're not going to reimburse you. Yeah. Hook us up with free advertising please, is what we're saying. Please, if, if, Market if, if you for love us. Yeah, show us some love for real. And and I want to give a special shout out to some of the listeners that have really been riding with me since day one. And they've been going hard. My boy, Phil, um, my boy, Yuri. Um, Reggie and Footy, Reggie and Footy Mob, man, um, the best. Derrico, uh, my boy Banks, Stokes, and then our fam, my other fam, my other cuz Dex, um, for showing us some love and giving us some pointers, man. So I really, really want to appreciate um, those guys for 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 the for the major love. Um, Jay, what do you have going on here? Ooh, uh, so I have. The only thing that's on the horizon for me is I have a, a Labor Day show that is coming up uh, on Labor Day, which is an obvious statement. <laughs> um, that show is actually going to be pretty dope. It's really huge. There's a bunch of other comedians who are on it. Uh, if you go to either my comedy page at jjonescomedy.com or to my link tree, which will redirect you to the comedy page at jjonescomedy.com, uh, you can see uh, all of the comedians who are going to be in that show. Um, I'm also... Uh, in the works. Uh, so, you know, this show, we don't really get into politics. Uh, I am working on a political podcast um, right now. It's going to be hot. It's going to be real hot. <laughs> um, it's uh, spicy. It's not the name of it, but it's, it's going to be a spicy podcast. But yeah, I'm working on that. Um, and then anything else that is coming up, obviously, it'll be uh, either on Twitter or on Instagram, adjective underscore J on both. No doubt. Yeah. So also you can get at me right now at Southern set. That's with two T's on Twitter. If you want to hit me up, let me know how you love the show. Um, Cause I know you love the show. So hit me up. Let me know how much you love it. Um, and pull out this. If you want to be on the show, real talk, if you want to be on the show, get at even me on Southern set with two T's or adjective, un- adjective underscore J. Uh, let us know. We we love to have you on the show. We're starting out. We're trying to do big things. And you want to be a part of this on the way up, right? Tell them, yeah. Jay, they want to be a part of this on the way up. 
I mean, you can have an interview uh, with one of the hosts of this show, but not both. We don't do both, Rob. No, we, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Oh, man. So it's, it's, it's been fun as usual. Uh, one tidbit of information that I did want to give to you, Jay. Oh, I was up? able to take my COVID test. Because we're still still living in COVID, uh, COVIDia, by the way. We're still, still in living COVIDia. in COVIDia right now. I took okay. my COVID test. Which one did you take? And uh, well, actually, was it the, was when it I went the, to the, the store, there were several to choose from. <laughs> so yeah, so I did have to do the brain touch, which Ooh. you know it is what it is. And yeah. I, I'm 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 happy to say that I was able to do it and get it done, and it came back negative. It came back. Oh snap! Okay, I was about to say, don't give me what you have over this call. <laughs> don't don't do that to me. No, I'm glad. Seriously, I'm super happy that that you're negative. Uh, congratulations! What are you gonna do with this new lease on life? How are you gonna celebrate? Oh man, I think I'm going to celebrate by staying in my house for the weekend and having a few drinks and, you know, hey, trying to stay negative. How about that? Dope. <laughs> negative. <laughs> I never thought being negative would be such a good thing, but <laughs> hashtag negativity for life. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. This has been another installment of the Leo G Show. Stay tuned. We got more to come. We a rebranding. So look, we look forward to that, and we thank everybody for listening. 